following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Have you guys seen my phone charger? No. Nope. Sorry, dude. Mine have been disappearing. I've been bringing them to work, and they've been disappearing. Oh, boy. So the search is on. Detective Mitch is here. Who has been taking <laughs> my oh. phone chargers? Well, you, you, Two have gone missing in two weeks. There's no reason for me to take them because I'm Android. Okay. Oh, cross him off. And DG just got an iPhone. So, yeah. So why are you stealing my phone charger? No doubt. I got mines. And I that's a gold, man. I'm holding on to that, baby. One of the greatest inventions ever. Whoever came up with the, the phone charger that's like six feet long. Yeah, the guy right? laying in bed that, you know, hanging out on your phone. That's one of those that's like... How did we not think of this in 2005? I know. What was that about, man? Seriously. But I did the extension cord for a long time. Like, just like, yeah, you got to put an extra six-footer. Well, my my hack was I got a um, a power strip, mm-hmm. and pl- I had a, um, a plug behind my recliner oh, at home, yeah. and I would just plug the power strip in there. That way I could plug in my, my phone charger um, laptop, whatever. I had it all right there. Didn't Dang. need to get up. You had it all. I right. had it set up, and I still have it there. But guess what's not in it? A phone charger. <gasps> so have I'm going to get to the your, bottom of this. Have you checked your car? You I've checked everywhere. Oh no, I've checked everywhere. I have two chargers that have gone missing. Gah. That stinks. My dude. girlfriend has been searching her house high and low. It's. Horrible. I told her to keep it low, but. <laughs> She's been looking up high as well. It's her. She's the. She's like. Well, her kids and her. They don't have iPhones either. They're all Android. Whoa. So it's like I can't ask to borrow a charger because they don't have one for right. me. That's what you get for being Apple. Yeah, maybe they have ganged up on you and they're like, "We'll teach him." What's the, the percentage of Americans? Good rinse to the lightning cable. That's right. What, what do you think the percentage of Americans Apple to? Like Apple to Android or like Samsung are? I'm going to say probably about 70 30. Damn, that's just, what I was going to say. Just a rough. I'll go um, 71 to 29. Yeah, huh? <laughs> okay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, according to, a, a, I guess, a survey in 2021, 55% of Americans have an iPhone. Wow. So, it's pretty so close, actually. That's real. I, close. I thought about 60 40, but okay. 50 50 almost. That's crazy. And to make up for the missing charger I had, I have. Um, I went to a convenience store and oh. bought one, which was, I mean, it was the only thing open at the time. I needed one, and those are the worst. Yeah, they are the worst. The convenience store ones stink, <laughs> and people that the people that push them on unsuspecting, you know, customers. Okay, stop, stop picking on the part timer. 
God. <laughs> Just steal my money, why don't you? I'm Mitch Fortner. Welcome to the game. We got Troy Coverdale. We got a full house today. David G is right across from me to my left-ish across the glass. Travion is is working on uh, – we don't have a nickname for him yet, but it's just uh, Travion right now. Mm-hmm. But he's working on uh, learning the board. Sage is kind of standing back there with the headset around Judgy. the neck, yeah. just kind of directing traffic, being the uh, in Miss Williams Very today. judgmental, I'd say, and I like it. When Travion just did the weather, I was watching her. She was watching his every move, listening to every word. Yeah. Probably told him to slow down and don't use the word degrees mm. afterwards. Uh, because she is a professional. She had the red pin out, you know, chick, chick, chick. It's like if this was a test, we not only have, would have flunked you, but we would have kicked you out of school. And we'd have been like, you need to work on the farm or something. School just isn't for you, pal. You're out of here. Do you guys know what today is? Yeah, it's uh, no. It's Wednesday. Well, yeah. Do you know what that means? Uh, kids eat free. <laughs> No, it's opposite day. Ah, charge them extra. But today's not opposite for our show because we welcome in Derek Young from K-State Online. He's our Wednesday first hour guest. And uh, boy, I I tell you what, things got really interesting as of a tweet earlier this afternoon, D.Y. Thanks for joining us once again on another Wednesday here on The Game. Um, Your reaction to seeing that uh, Dylan Edwards, the number three kid, in the state of Kansas for football, according to rivals, and according to K-State Online from Derby, is going to make his announcement tomorrow. Yeah, not a surprise. Uh, I thought that was probably coming. So uh, okay. that, 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 I guess that's my initial reaction because felt pretty good that he was in decision-making mode after that Kansas State visit because we, we had heard the chatter that uh, any visits afterwards, I think he had one with Missouri scheduled, were probably not going to happen. So once you start eliminating, you know, the rest of your visits, it, I think it's, you know, a pretty clear indication that you're ready to make your college choice. We'll suck at Mizzou. Uh, <laughs> double suck it coming up in September. He's going to yeah. make the announcement tomorrow uh, at noon. Derby High School, you're the expert here. I don't know how he's going to do it, but let's, you know, kind of go with the stereotypical five-star announcement. You'll have all the hats in front of you. You fake put on one hat. You go with the, maybe the third option. What hats would be in front of Dylan Edwards, do you think, at this point? Uh, man, it depends how many there is. I think you have to go with the ones that he took an official visit to, I would imagine, which would have been Kansas State, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. So those three at the bare minimum, I would imagine. If there are others, maybe you see a Mizzou or, or a KU hat on the table. That that would be my guess. I think those were probably the the five schools that were the most prominent with him. Um, and the, the last time he made a cut was that top 10 that was mm-hmm. over a month ago. So um, if there's five schools, I, I, I guess I would lean towards those five, but it's probably more likely it's just the three that he took the official visits to. I don't pay attention to the social media accounts of these recruits as much as others do. What I have been seeing, what I've been seeing about Dylan Edwards, it's a lot of Oklahoma from his visits, uh, really, of course, flaunting the gear that he wears from his visits. And, you know, saw a little bit of from K-State, too, when he visited. Um, But it was six days ago, Oklahoma got a commit for 2023 from a four-star running back in, uh, in Caleb Hicks, extremely talented kid. 
Um, with that announcement, I mean, does that kind of sway things into K-State's favor, or is there more to it? I think it's swaying in Kansas State's favor, but I don't think that Caleb Hicks's decision was a, a factor in okay. to that. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I, I mean, in it's a good observation that Dylan Edwards, with his social media platforms, he has uh, probably been a little bit more modest in terms of his infatuation with Kansas State. But I think a lot of that was also rooted in the fact that I think he wanted to make sure that the other schools and, and coaching staffs that were pursuing him didn't think that he was just a foregone conclusion to Kansas State. I think he wanted to be recruited. Um, I, I look back and I think about Camden Beebe. I think some schools were pretty intrigued by him and would have offered, but I think they deemed it a foregone conclusion for Kansas State and didn't get involved. I think the Edwards camp wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. I think they wanted to enjoy a pretty regular recruitment and make a decision after the fact. But I, I still think it's going to go in Kansas State's direction. I don't think the you know maybe less social media activity is a sign or an indication or anything. I think they just straight up head-to-head beat Nebraska and Oklahoma. And I do wonder if at the end of the day, like if he was really just enjoying it, but he always knew he wanted, he always knew that he would end up at K-State. I think there's, there's a potential for that. Um, Cause I, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable. It's going to be the Wildcats. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Alliance, we talk K-State football recruiting. Maybe he's getting overshadowed because of the social media attention that Dylan Edwards does get. Maybe Dylan is more vocal on social media. Um, John Randall is somebody we really haven't talked about at all a whole lot. He's from Wichita Heights, running back, six foot one eighty, and he's class of twenty twenty three. According to Rivals, he's number two in the state, nineteenth best running back in the country. But yet we've hardly talked about him. What is I, I, he just visited? Right, I, he was in the Jeep with uh, Brian Anderson not too long ago, just a few that, days ago. That, that was Edwards. That was oh, was that Dylan Brian Edwards? Anderson. Okay, yeah. but what? Okay, so then what's the story on John Randall in K State? Well, he did he did visit Manhattan a few weeks ago. Um, so he has visited K State. Yeah, I think he's going to visit again here in the very near future. Um, we kind of broke that on KSO that he'll be returning to Manhattan for another visit. So all signs point in the, the, a very good direction for Kansas State on his recruitment. Very quiet recruitment, but I think it's because he's kind of made it that way. Like uh, the only visits that anyone's even aware that he's taken, and we're sitting here, he's you know, going to be a senior in high school, are to Kansas State, and you know, he put one uh, where, he, where they visited Texas on his social media, but other than that, nothing. And you're right, the social media activity, very few, very less with him. Uh, he just doesn't really put himself out there. Doesn't really conduct, you know, interviews. I mean, I, we're not going to be able to, you know, get on the horn with him or, or anything. He very much chooses to live life under the radar, which uh, all, all the respect in the world to him for that decision. Um, but th- that's the way he chooses to kind of operate, and so that's why his recruitment is, I don't know, if overshadowed is the right word, but it's uh, you know kind of muted because he chooses to operate in a very muted manner. But I, you know, visiting Kansas State two times in three weeks definitely definitely sounds like good news for the Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. Yeah, he's been much quieter on, on, on social media, promoting himself on uh, on all the platforms. And I think that's certainly a big piece of why Dylan Edwards gets a lot of attention. Of course, the 
cats want they love both guys. But I'm like, you know, if it doesn't work out with Dylan Edwards, he doesn't come to K-State. At least John Randall's still out there, the number two kid in the state of Kansas who has a ton of um, of Power yeah. 5 Division one offers. Yeah, and with Edwards, it's all about he's the home run hitter, super, not just the most explosive player in the state. He's, you know, probably one of the, the five most explosive players in the entire country. I think it, I think Dylan Edwards has that kind of home run hitter ability on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe some schools overlook him because of his size, but if you take that away, I mean, he's just dynamite with the ball in his hands. And with John Reynolds, another kind of a freak athlete, natural athlete kind of thing, probably a more overall traditional type running back where Dylan Edwards more of the all-purpose back. Mm-hmm. But, but in the case of Randall, just, you know, for a hint at his athleticism, and you, you may have mentioned this um, on the airways before, but he just won the state championship in Kansas, I think in 5A in the triple jump, and he had never even competed in that event or participated in it ever before. First time went out, won the state championship in it. And I think it was the 14th uh, longest uh, triple jump in the history of the entire state's competition. So that just kind of shows you what kind of athlete he is. Okay, so then who's better? Who's better, Dylan Edwards or John Randall? <laughs> I mean, they're just different guys. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would have Randall I do. I, in my personal rankings, I put out there a few days ago, actually, I did put John Randall ahead of Dylan Edwards, but they're very, very close. And it's more about both being very good, Randall having a little bit more size. So the upside is probably a bit higher. But Dylan Edwards, in a, in a way, could maybe have a bigger impact on, on the program that he chooses right away, just because he's kind of, I wouldn't say tapped out, but he's already, you know, as good you know, close to his potential at this point. And, you know, but running back is a, a position that you could play pretty early at regardless to, for, in college. That's why running backs tend to flash quicker. So I think both could play pretty quick. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Alliance, we talk uh, K-State football recruiting. So Dylan Edwards is going to be committing tomorrow to the school of his choice at noon from Derby High School. Anticipation is building. You know, along Avery Johnson will probably be a little bit bigger, but there's no doubt Dylan Edwards. I mean, K State fans can't wait for noon to roll around tomorrow to see if he picks the Cats or not. There's going to be a big celebration if he does. I feel like, uh, at least when it comes to social media, you've clearly, I mean, followed this a lot closer than I have. Not just this year, but in years past since you've been covering the Cats. Is, is there a comparable player to this anticipation when it comes to picking their school where K State's been involved? I, uh, maybe not, not that I can remember since I've covered, I started covering Kansas State September 1st, 2017. And I can't really think of one because I don't think that they got this close to the finish line with guys like Kai Thomas, mm-hmm. Turner Corcoran. Uh, I mean, maybe, I guess maybe Jake Rubley, but there wasn't like, oh, I'm going to announce on this date. It just kind of popped, mm-hmm. you know, the day after the Liberty Bowl. And, and people were starting to realize that, it was going to go in Kansas state's direction. But then again, I don't know if he still had that kind of same fanfare just because of how, you know, electrifying Dylan Edwards is. Um, Jake Rubley might be, was probably, he was higher ranked than Edwards is now, but I don't know that a lot of people, at least in the Kansas state fandom kind of world would have elevated Rubley over Dylan Edwards at that moment. I don't, think i think they would be more excited for edward so yeah i think this is probably the most exciting one that they at least got to the finish line with i mean i think it 
would have been similar had they got to the finish line with someone like Kai Thomas or, or Turner Corcoran and, and guys like that. But you got to remember those guys made, they, they decided to go elsewhere. You know, it was like March and April, I think, and maybe even May. So that, I mean, and I don't know if Kansas state was ever like a believed favorite at any point, um, maybe for Kai Thomas, but obviously that first year was um, in state recruiting was a bit of a challenge for them. So I do think, Fanfare, excitement-wise, I think there's probably more buzz on Edwards and probably more excitement. And I think some of that is also because he's never – Kansas State's never really fallen out of the picture, and they, they kind of weathered the storm even when schools like Oklahoma got involved. We're speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online. D.Y. sticking around for more K-State football recruiting talk as their hot streak continued with a couple of recruits uh, picking the Cats yesterday. That's when we come back to the game on KMAN. The game continues hour one, and it is Wednesday. That means we have the very lovely, the very talented Derek Young from Case Line at DeYoung Rivals on Twitter. We're talking cats, we're talking recruiting, we're talking football right now. As a three-star running back and the number three player in the state of Kansas, Dylan Edwards from Derby, has announced that tomorrow at noon he will announce his commitment from Derby High School. But also, we're still in, with anticipation, waiting the announcement from Mays quarterback Avery Johnson. Um, you know, there was a word that got out there that he wanted to do it before the Elite Eight, or I'm sorry, the Elite Eight, the Elite Eleven uh, QB finals, which come next week in Los Angeles. Uh, is is there word? I've I've read some stuff that maybe he might wait until afterwards. What's the latest you've heard on him, Dy? Yeah, and I've I've spoke to a few people kind of in his corner in his camp just to kind of gauge where where that process is since he you know made that visit to Oregon. Um, he just like Dylan Edwards, he made three official visits as well. The other two, aside from Kansas State, were Oregon and Washington, and and they've confirmed that they're finished with visits, so they're also in decision making when that is going to occur. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I would say that they're. Uh, still haven't come to that conclusion just yet. I think some would like to uh, it to come to a conclusion right now, probably. And I think others would like to maybe hit the pause button and, and debrief a little bit further. Um, I, I don't think that's anything for Kansas State to be concerned over or panicked about at this point, um, but there is a chance, um, maybe probably greater than 50%, just because the window is kind of shrinking right now and Edwards is deciding tomorrow. That, uh, but there is a, probably a growing chance that it may not happen before the Elite 11 takes place. Now, waiting to do so after the Elite 11, I mean, do you speculate that maybe with waiting that long, getting more attention with the Elite 11, you might benefit more from more offers? Is that is that a possibility? You know, that, that, that certainly would come to your mind if that's ultimately what they just what, what Avery decides to do or what uh, what they as a group decide to do you know everyone that's in his inner circle but I really get the feeling that they're kind of content with how things have gone so I, I I can't say for sure that that's what it is obviously you know it's, it's easy to speculate that um, but it, it may just be that you know lights coming at them fast and they just want to operate a little bit slower I don't you know I don't know I can't speak to their feelings or, or reasoning behind it um, I, I could only speculate, and it would probably be reckless to do so. So, mm-hmm. but I, like I said, I think there's a growing chance, um, not not 100 percent determined, but a growing chance it doesn't happen before the Elite Eleven. 
Well, K-State did add a couple of more players to their 2023 class, are now up to six. Uh, Cameron Salas, who's a 6'2 safety out of Texas, he picked the Cats. Does not have a star rating yet uh, when it comes to rivals or 24-7 sports. Haven't seen really any ratings on him yet. Uh, but he, you know, he, he does have some uh, pretty solid interest out there in him uh, when it comes to some Power 5 programs. And also like Iowa, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, Texas Tech is in there on him. Uh, also, Colin Dunn, who is a three-star outside linebacker from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. How about that? Alabama falling asleep at the wheel on this kid. <laughs> uh, he picks the Cats over some other uh, pretty quality uh, programs out there in like West Virginia, Pitt, in Maryland. But just wanted to gauge your thoughts on these two pickups. Yeah, I mean, Cameron Salas, I think at one point they were recruiting him as a corner, but they added him as a safety. Um, got him from Texas and – you know, it might be a case where the, they, they found something that others didn't because they saw him up close and personal, and that's when they, they decided to offer. They went to the TCU mega camp. You have all these, you know, some of these schools put on these big camps and invite plenty of coaching staffs in. Uh, TCU did that this year during the month of June, and they liked Cameron Salas a lot. That's why they offered, and they closed on him quick. Um, he was thinking about committing in July, August. You know, it, it was an unofficial visit when he was on campus last weekend, and he um, was going to do that and then an official visit in the fall. So he's going to be coming back to Manhattan again. So it was clear that he had a large interest just based on having already scheduled two different visits to Kansas State. So it wasn't a surprise that he picked the Wildcats. Maybe a little bit of a surprise that, that he chose to do it so soon. So um, a really good football player. They liked what he's speed. He's fast. Um, that, that's what stood out to me when I watched his huddle. Um, his tape. He's really fast, and he looks to be every bit of the six foot two that he's listed at as well. So someone that could really move well, get out of his breaks well, and cover and, and a lot of length, um, speed. Uh, I, I almost when I was watching it, I felt like I was watching. You know, I had the same. I felt like I was watching when T.J. Smith was in high school. Like I had the mm-hmm. same impressions. Um, obviously, they're going to play same position so it kind of makes sense i just think he's faster and longer so i think maybe you're you're getting a better version of tj smith with uh, with uh cameron salas and that might be sensationalism on my part we'll find out but i kind of liked what i saw on the film and and for colin dunn the linebacker that they added because they got two yesterday they beat out west virginia and pittsburgh for him and, and those two schools were actively recruiting him and and kansas state was probably not recruiting him in an, in an accelerated pace because i think they were just kind of waiting to see what they needed on their roster. And, and once they decided to really pull the trigger and chase him, they, you know, they, they invited him on official visit. He came that next weekend and obviously committed soon after. So they, they, uh, they were able to close and do what West Virginia and Pittsburgh couldn't in terms of the recruiting effort. And a lot of that goes to Chuck Lilly. He, he's the scouting analyst for Kansas state works, um, you know, alongside Taylor Bratt, and he really took the bull by the horns um, in the chase for Colin or yeah, for Colin Dunn. Um, he's another player that'll probably play the the Sam linebacker role, which is uh, what they uh, you know have in the three three five. You have three linebackers on the field now. The third one's kind of like a linebacker safety hybrid, and I think that's what they see Colin Dunn at, and, and it's the position that this year will probably be owned by Gavin Forsha and, and Sean Robinson. Uh, for the Wildcats on the football field. But I think Dunn's going to fall into that. A little bit of a project. He's got a really nice frame, but isn't the most explosive yet. And uh, But I think he can get there. So, uh, no, I really like his game. And he, he covered a lot in uh, in high school 
despite being a linebacker recruit. So that's really going to fit well with what his responsibilities will be in the Kansas State defense. Derek Young from KSN Online with us here on the game, educating us all about the latest Cats joining up for the 2023 class. You know, of course, we know about Joe Otting, who decided to go to Notre Dame. But I mean, a hot streak is, I think, a fair way to explain and to describe the way K State has been winning some recruits lately. It feels like just one after one, or you know, recruit after recruit, they're getting who they want. I wanted to ask, like, how many losses have they taken lately? Who have they been beat out on? Many guys in the last few months, we don't really hear about those. Yeah, I think Justin Taylor. Uh, secretly he was a safety from the Chicago area I think that they were going to bring him in on June and thought he would come in on the spot um, but then Wisconsin took him in May mm-hmm. so I think that one kind of flew under the radar was but technically probably a loss that's a guy that they really like too uh, you said it Joe Otting um, picking Notre Dame I think that one probably stung a little bit Cade McIntyre the Nebraska kid athlete um from Fremont, Nebraska, I think they were recruiting him as a linebacker, but Oklahoma got involved and, and closed on that one pretty fast, too. So th- those come to mind, but there really hasn't. I mean, re- recruiting is not glamorous for coaching staffs. They chase probably, you know, 50, 60 kids a year that don't go their way. Sure. So so they get bad news a lot. So for me to think about the last few months and only come up with three, um, that probably says a lot about what the Wildcats are doing right now. Well, how exciting was it to see this name pop up? Was it yesterday, maybe two days ago? Uh, Jacoby Lane. Uh, he's a four-star, 2023 yeah. uh, wide receiver, decided to come visit. Yeah, that one caught me, by, uh, caught me off guard. Um, it's interesting. And I, I kind of wrote a story today and it didn't even include him because I wasn't aware that he was going to visit until he tweeted something out today. But yeah, I think he's a four star on, on other services even. Mm-hmm. So um, big time wide receiver out of Arizona starting a visit today to Kansas State. It just kind kind of shows the clout that Kansas State kind of has right now on the recruit on the recruiting trail. But yeah, I wrote earlier today that how they were kind of hitting the receiver button and felt like pretty hard. Um, recently to be honest because not only i don't know if we've talked about it on this show but they picked up you know blue valley wide out andre davis uh not long ago that was part of this recruiting streak and i really like him i think he's a top five player in the state of kansas myself that would that's where i would be in my personal rankings um they you know probably are in a pretty good spot for kansas city four-star receiver joshua manning um another receiver visits this weekend eric singleton um he's from georgia i want to say I'm not sure, but uh, his uncle is actually uh, an assistant track and field coach at Kansas State. So there's a connection there. But on top of that, like you said, Jacoby Lane, a four-star by some services, visiting today as well. So they're just it just definitely feels like they're really smashing that receiver button all of a sudden. So hats off to Thad Ward for that. But if we wanted to even speculate deeper, um, I'm not sure it's all that much of a coincidence that it's happening around the same time that people really – are starting to draw, you know, a connection between Kansas State and Avery Johnson. With Derek Young from K-State Online, we'll wrap up with D.Y. next. Got a couple of things I want to touch on with basketball when we return. We're back with Derek Young, and he's got it going on. Oh. God 
Dang it, dude. I was just going to roll right through that, but I saw your very slow reactions oh. building up. Like, I saw this slight head turn and be like, really, dog? Dog. Oh. With Derek Young from K-State Online. Uh, you know, maybe a couple of thoughts from K-State Hoops. It has been over a week since we've seen the last cat signal from Drum Tang. It's a great day to be a wildcat. And this particular person hasn't made themselves known yet. The commitment. We haven't had the announcement. Is your hunch that we talked about last week, does that still remain? Yeah, I still think it's a transfer big. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that the that it's uh, supposed to be out there yet. It's not out there yet. But I, mm-hmm. by, uh, my suspicions, pretty educated suspicions, are that we hear something Thursday or Friday. I tried really hard last week to – get the pronunciation down. I worked on it. I've already forgotten it. <laughs> I I have no clue. Even well, we if could, I look at the name, I have no clue how to say it. We could talk about them probably next week when I, when I ha- come on the show. So just have the pronunciation done by then. You got a week. <laughs> I think I could work on it. I'm not a great studier, though. I wait till the last minute. All right, uh, D.Y., so summer's here. And with this commitment – which Coach Tang and the staff know they have, that puts them at 10. And that was a big goal of theirs. They want 10 at least, and they would feel good to have a, a solid solid group out there for the upcoming season. Are we going to see a big shift now towards the class of 2023? I think we've already started to see that shift, but a ton of attention now on that. Yeah, yeah and I don't know that I would phrase it as a shift because I bet they still kind of, you know – gnaw away a little bit at the current roster too i don't if they can get that thing to 11 or 12 or you know 13 guys that they really like i think they'll go for it um but the pool is not very large right now right so that 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 plays into it as well but i mean the 2024 live period where they can begin to initiate contact with 2024 prospects just opened as well i mean they're they're covering the sheet you know front to back they're doing everything they're they're recruiting their butts off you know from sun up to sundown they're pretty they're as active as any coaching staff in the country at this point from from the looks of it so i i don't know if it's a shift they're just recruiting nonstop, whether it be for the current roster for the class of 2023 for the class of 2024 because they're they're already you know trying to take a big bite out of that apple in 24 as well but they did have and I know that you were alluding to, they did have a four-star guard in the class of 2023 on campus. I think his official visit ended today, um, a Chicago area kid and Darren Ames, four-star guard, a similar ranking to Layden Blocker, who took an official visit, you know, a few, or probably a handful of weeks ago now. Um, the nickname is Day Day, which I, pretty, I like pretty well. So Day Day Ames was on campus, feeling pretty good about the Wildcats' chances. Don't know how quickly... It could come together, but um, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone to think that anyone else is the leader besides K-State for him. Well, Day-Day, if you're listening right now, I hope you're having a great time <laughs> in Manhattan. Just know that we love you, and uh, we're definitely going to love you more if you become a cat. But at least I hope you're enjoying your time in good old Manhattan, which it looks like he is. I, I can't remember whose Instagram I saw, but uh, K-State like, got some new like golf carts to drive around and like where you would put your bags in the back, they put seats back there, like these cat cushion seats. Ooh. I mean, it is sweet. My parents, Morganville, Kansas, has turned into a community 
where everybody drives golf carts. Oh. If if I was able to like hook my dad up with one of these, he would upgrade from like a Ford Fiesta to a Bentley <laughs> real fast. And it it's that it's it's pretty <laughs> slick. Yeah, I mean, I think the the golf cart is they didn't have them when they arrived here, so those are I think new purchases from the basketball team. Actually, I'd never seen them. Yeah, I think they wanted one of those for recruiting purposes when they have visitors uh, in town, so that they can you know drive them around on campus and through campus and through you know Manhattan, whatever it be for for like the tour and do it that way. Because I guess it wasn't done that way before, but I think that's pretty cut a pretty regular practice so they were kind of i think a bit surprised that they didn't have that in their arsenal and had to make that purchase (laughs) i mean what i would do is i'd put some blinkers on there some brake lights get it insured uh, because i don't think it'd be that expensive and uh you know of of course get a tag for it and i would just drive that thing around to and from home (laughs) save some gas right dy hey Derek, that's all i have for you thank you so much again for coming on here on the game and uh, i'm sure we'll talk to you soon Absolutely. Derek Young from K-State Online right here on the game. Yeah. Wednesdays, first hour. He does an awesome job with K-State Online. Go subscribe now. KStateOnline.com. They're pretty much giving away premium content for free. And follow along with what's going on with K-State Athletics, especially with what's happening with recruiting right now. A lot of content being pumped out by DY and K-State Online. All right, when we come back, we'll finish up Hour 1 next. You're in the game on News Radio KMAN. Unique, interesting, unprecedented. All words we've been hearing a little too often. At Bank of the Flint Hills, they want to make sure there's... It's Hour 1 of the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Travion is on the board. Sage is uh, teaching. Are you learning to the music? Trayvion? Trying. Trayvion? No, to that's infinity not it. and beyond. To, that's not it. Infinity? Mm. Buzz? I just saw that movie. It was really good, by the way. Mm, very nice. Sam Honeybuns. I liked it more than Sam Honeybuns. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, wow I mentioned wow, on I mentioned on Monday... So my favorite thing about the College World Series is the shot competition at yes. Rocco's Cantina or whatever it's called. Rocco's uh, uh, Pizza and Cantina, that's what it was. And uh, they made this thing a couple of years ago where, you know, of course, you have eight fan bases coming into town. And they created this jello shot contest where the fan base with the most jello shots... Purchased wins the contest. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I don't think you know nobody wins anything. It's just more of a pride thing. It is really blown up, and I, I like bringing this up because I'm truthfully like I'm kind of jealous that I don't own this business. <laughs> hey, on, honestly though, you do win. You win getting hammered, man. Come on. Well, I nobody <laughs> nobody has ever anybody in their lives ever been drunk on Jello shots. Well, no, that's valid. No. I will say this: They are like a little helpers. You it's, know? it's a party favor. It is a party favor, but if they're mixed strong, they're little helpers. Now, when you go to a bar and you get a Jello shot, yeah, you know the secrets. Yeah, they are not made very strong. <laughs> Any shot that's a dollar at the bar, oh, that's so, weak. It was so funny when working at Tubby's, people would be like, "Those dollar shots don't have any booze in them." It's like, well, yeah, they're a dollar, you dope. 
Of course there's no booze in it. What are you, nuts? Well, we just found out just a few moments ago, Oklahoma is into the championship series. They have run the table on their half of the bracket, and they're in to the championship series. But who will they play, Arkansas or Ole Miss? Mm. I think the bigger battle is between Arkansas and Ole Miss in the Jello Shot Challenge because they're running away with it, but one has to be ahead of the other. Arkansas has now taken in five days 7,399 Jello Shots, and Ole Miss comes in at a little over 5,900. But my the most fun part about this, though, for me is tallying everything up, which, by the way, uh, Texas is at 270. They got bounced early, so did Stanford at 173. But I like adding it all up just to see how much rock is, how much money they're making because it's 450 a shot. Yo. And I, so I tallied it up. This picture was from six hours ago, so pretty much when they opened today. And they have sold, as of the first five days of the College World Series, 16,345 jello shots. And like I mentioned, Arkansas, um, a little less than half, of course. Woo! But they're almost a half. But the grand total of the money they have brought in with this Jello Shot Challenge in five days is over $73,000. Lord. Oh, my God. And again, it's four fifty, so the extra 50 cents is going into the uh, tip jar. <laughs> so imagine what these bartenders are making as well. Yeah. Next year, uh, guys, I will not be here for the College World <laughs> Series. I'm going to learn to become a. I'm going to learn how to serve Jello shots Deal. and go make some tips. Hour two of the game. More on Dylan Edwards and his commitment announcement tomorrow. Number one song of the day. And ask us anything. Stay tuned. Your local news is next.